Welcome to the Not Too Serious Podcast. On this week's episode, my son and I discuss mythical creatures. My son presents a name to me of a mythical creature, and I am to describe what this mythical creature looks like and what it does. We have a really interesting discussion about mythical creatures, and we have a lot of fun. We also talk about a couple of other topics of interest that we hope you enjoy. How did you do on this mythological quiz? We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email to notttoseriespodcast at gmail.com. Please enjoy. Thank you. Okay, uh, today we're going to talk about mythical creatures. Uh, um, in that uh, you're going to um, tell me the name and I'm supposed to describe what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, before we do, how are you doing today, son? That's okay. You're okay? Yeah, just a little bit, you know. Again, again with the uh, with the laugh. I didn't. You did this last time again. I still don't understand what that means. Um, but uh, okay, let's continue. Um, we saw a very, very, um, very good movie. Uh, you were on some Christopher Nolan kick. Wait a minute, Christopher Nolan kick. We only watched one Christopher sorry, Nolan sorry, movie Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not Christopher Nolan kick. Matt Damon kick. <laughs> I don't know why I was on it. No, just those movies happen to have Matt Damon. I didn't even know Interstellar had Matt Damon in it. So Interstellar was one. Yeah, I didn't know. I Matt recognized. Damon I recognized Matt Damon before you did in terms of the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other one that we saw that was before Interstellar, right? Or was it after? No, after we watched Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. That was the second one. Yeah. That was also a very good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, that one. It was really, really good. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Batman. <laughs> Christian Bell. <laughs> Christian Bell. Yeah. <laughs> he played such an amazing oh, yeah, character. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he played Ken him Miles. really well. Yeah. And I didn't know that he could do a British accent. He is British. Uh, <laughs> then I didn't know he could do an American accent. Then. Okay. <laughs> yes, he knew he could do an American accent because you watched The Dark Knight. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's that's pretty amazing, right? Okay. He's a very versatile actor. Oh, he's one of the greatest of our generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a really really good movie. I I recommend. Uh, yeah. Interstellar and. Um, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I do recommend those films. Yeah. Um, like I, I, but you know, here's the thing. As mm-hmm. I said, if you're a Chris, if you like Chris Nolan, um, then uh, you have to understand that some of the, his movies are ambiguous. I'd say most of his movies are ambiguous. Yeah, and that that irritates me. It irritates you. Yeah, it does. Um, and interst- did we talk about this in the last podcast? We spoke about Interstellar, I think, last Did pod. we? I okay. think we did. 
Okay, then we won't need to talk about it today. Um, but uh, suffice it to say, we did see another Chris Nolan movie that I'm sure everyone has heard of out there, uh, unless you've been living under a rock or something heavy, yeah. uh, and that's Oppenheimer. Yeah. We saw Oppenheimer um, not too long ago with, uh, with my cousin, and uh, shout out, cuz, out there. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, and so we saw it with him, and um, it was definitely a good. It was a good. It was a very, very good film. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I felt that the there were some scenes that were completely unnecessary. So that's the reason why I gave it an eight and a half out of ten. Outside of that, it would have been. You said eight point seven five. No, no, no. It would have been eight point seven. No, no. It would have been eight point seven five, if um. Uh oh, if the scene mm -hmm. between okay, now this is a bit of a spoiler. Okay. Should I say the spoiler? Oh, spoiler. Um, fast forward. Fifteen seconds. Mm, Thirty seconds. One minute. One minute. Okay. Starting now. now. Okay, so the scene between. Albert Einstein and Oppenheimer towards the end of the or that lake scene right now in the beginning of the film you see them walking and then you see Strauss wondering what's going on and then he walks and he and he just kind of passed him by right and then at the end of the film that would this is like Nolanesque fashion he gets back to that original scene right but actually fills in dialogue. Right. And the dialogue, I will not get into it, is a bit prophetic that I Einstein says to that Einstein well, says well, to Oppenheimer. And what Oppenheimer says to Yeah. Well he Einstein. listens to it and you know, he puts it in his memory bank, I guess. Yeah. So if that is true, if that is actually documentedly correct, yeah. Then I would say that, that I would give it an eight point seven five. That's what I was saying, but without that, but but without that, if that wasn't, if that was just kind of creative licensing or whatever, then um, then I would give it an eight and a half. That was my that was what I was telling you earlier. Do you follow what I'm saying? I follow what you're saying. I don't agree with it. I think it was. You don't have to agree. I didn't say. I didn't. Did I say? Do you agree? Did I? Did I? Did I say that? I, I didn't cared. ask you to. I, I didn't. didn't I didn't ask. I, I didn't. Ask. I know you didn't ask me, but I'm saying it, yeah. and I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you say about the movie. It's not going to change how I feel about the movie. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why are you getting no, so? Joking, see, you, you get no, bit, you get no, no, no. All I'm trying to say is, I, I don't agree with you, but I can understand what you're saying slightly. You don't agree with my rating. How would you rate it? I rated it a nine and a half. You're biased because, because you're a uh, Nolan is your favorite director, and he can no. do, and he can do no wrong in your eyes. Oh well, no, I think those scenes are also unnecessary. Uh, I love the ending personally. I thought the ending was really. I good. I love the ending. Yeah, the uh, ending was very good. I like. I the thought ending the too. beginning foreshadowed the ending very well. The the scene where the thing happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but I won't say it. Because I think, <laughs> I mean, if you know who Oppenheimer is, then you, you kind of know what he did. But uh, that scene just gripped me to, like, 
that scene. Repeat, take two. <laughs> no, leave this in. By the no. My father is drinking juice, ladies. You're going to leave this in. Anyways, so uh, can you stop? <laughs> I'm trying to speak. Yeah, I'm going to mute you while I speak about this. Then. The scene where um, I had... Uh, I had where the thing happens, right? The, everybody who's watched the movie knows what thing we're talking about. I was like gripped to like the edge of my seat. I was like white knuckling my chair. It was really interesting that part. Well, okay, I know the scene you're talking about, and uh, if you understand science, yeah, then you're not going to you're not going to be flummoxed by it. Uh, I'm, uh, you're not going to be no, because that's that's no, 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 how no. science works. No, it was the build up to the to it happening, not 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 oh, when it actually happened. Oh. The build up to it happening was like oh, twenty minutes, five minutes, two minutes, and it's just like that. I don't know. I I was stressed out too. Like you <laughs> did a really good job of like putting you in like the scientist's kind of perspective. And they're like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen when this, this thing happens. Well, because like, you really, they did really didn't, they didn't know, know what was going to happen. They didn't know. And even though we know what's going to happen, I was still like, oh, what's going to happen? No, but, but, yeah. but, but if you're like, for, like I, I think I've said this before. Yeah. I'm the ideal audience for a director. I basically let the director, I'm putty in the director's hands. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I immerse myself in the in the um in the scene yeah. so when when I'm watching it right right and so when that was happening I too I was really stressed yeah okay and but having said that yeah at the climax of that scene when yeah. that scene happened yeah it wasn't surprising to me uh at the at the moment that instant happened right you follow what I mean and I'm sure the scientists also did not, were not, you know, not startled by that. Right, right, right. But the thing is, is that if you understand science, then the the scene afterwards will explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But, um... And also, the other scene that I really... You know, can we just do spoiler talk for the next, like, two minutes, 30 minutes? We already... Started. Okay, well, again, I'm just going to speak on We've spoilers. We've gone beyond one minute. Well, I mean, yeah, but we haven't... Okay, if you're listening to this again, again, yeah, just skip three minutes. Okay, <laughs> skip three minutes, just real quick. Okay, starting now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when they're like deciding what city mm-hmm. to bomb in Japan, right? That was kind of like a really kind of horrifying thing to be. It was like funny, but it was like funny how horrifying it was <laughs> you know what i mean because it's yeah. like oh you know it was just for like very like menial reasons like nonchalant like, way like millions of lives have been saved because one person was he just he didn't want to like he didn't want to bomb kyoto because he did his honeymoon there mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. and just because of that decision so many lives are saved but like just for these little tiny reasons People were being saved and like, oh, no, you don't want to do it there. No, I like that place. Let's not do it there. It's kind of scary, like, how people can just play with lives. That's how how some of the world's decisions are made. Oh, yeah. It's, like... Very nonchalant. But it's really... 
scary to think like someone could be talking about us like that. Well, I mean, you know, like us in the collective sense, sure. In the collective sense, but like, like us and where we live, someone could have like a very like, and yeah, you want to do this one? No, nah, I don't want to do this place. Mm. Conversation about it. Yeah. Um. Another thing was after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that scene where he's in the bleachers. Yeah. That that was horrifying. Yeah. That was like, it felt like a horror movie that scene um i mean it was a horror because it was it was a terrible yeah. situation right? it was so eerie like seeing all these people celebrate kind of well okay so i understand why they celebrated okay yeah i understand why they celebrated it was because of the fact that it was years of work that they had you know worked on this yeah on this uh, bomb, and uh, it came to fruition. Yeah. It was used. Yep. So the fact that it was used, and it was quote-unquote successful, yeah. in the most, I mean, and I'm using that in the most loose form, Right. Um, that's why they were happy. And it was a twisted happiness. Yeah, it was. It was very twisted, was. And right? And, and, and Oppenheimer saw that. And yeah. he and and he was kind of putting himself how we were seeing the movie, kind of yeah. like from our point of view. He's like, yeah. how on earth can you be celebrating such a devastation? Yeah. And he's think, and he's the architect of this whole thing. Yeah. And he was like, you know, and so yeah, I, I loved like how he, you could sense like the guilt and this. He looks like he was having like a a panic attack the entire or a time. Nervous breakdown. Nervous breakdown. Like I mean, he was kind of having like how because he was seeing yeah and uh, the use of sound in this movie yeah it was amazing amazing like in that specific scene going back to it yeah. like how nolan kind of transformed like the cheering and then over time it started sounding like wailing wailing and screaming and i was like that's intense that's yeah, intense was, was that makes you really like think about what the like it makes you think about like it makes you go into his eyes, like, all my life's work, everything that my life is, like, culminated with, the thing I'll be remembered for most, most, is, is like, destroyed so many lives. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. He was in Time Magazine, at least according to the movie. Yeah, yeah, he I'm was in Time Magazine. Not sure if he was in real life. Oh, he was celebrated in real life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. He I was mean, a war hero in I real life. Like I said, I vaguely know about Oppenheimer in, you know, World War Two just from history. But yeah. uh, I don't, I cannot, I, I, I will, you know, concede that I don't know everything yeah, about yeah. what happened during that but, time. But, but, yeah. I no, I'm no historian, yeah. so. But it makes you think at the end, that like, hey. Yeah. Sure. It, it was it, it was a good it was a very good ending. It was his probably I don't know between Dark Knight and this, I would say that the endings were actually made sense to me. Dark like Knight I could was actually, kind of ambiguous actually. I don't feel like it was ambiguous at uh, all. Because well, ambiguous but it was open-ended. How how is it open-ended? Because they both they both were uh, they both kind of paid the price. Not paid the price in any real materialistic way. Yeah. But they just, their security clearances <laughs> were revoked. Yeah. How is that a big, that's not a not big. Not a big thing. Like the okay, stakes but, were not but, as big at but, the, but the last hour. But that was how 
I mean, it wasn't. That's how it it, it, it played ended, out. Yeah. Right. And sure. Yeah. Okay. And that for people in that position to be kind of yeah. brought down like that, that yeah, is kind of a consequence for them. Yeah. But it's not life and death for them. It's not life as and it death. was the for people in Japan. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is a very small consequence for them, and I don't feel like like the the movie has any. I mean, it wasn't open ended. What would have no, been no, nice? No, 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 no. I said the Dark Knight. Oh, dark. I, I, I no, 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 no. I agree with you. Oh, I remember. I was very didn't have an open ending at all. It was no, but I'm saying between the two, like uh, uh, of all of his films, it was probably the most closed ending. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that was his. You know, that was the best one in terms of uh, about of, of his films. Yeah. I will not be surprised if this film is nominated for an academy award and if uh, it wins. wins i think it wins best picture i would not I mean kind of depends on how the rest of the year plays out but so far wouldn't surprise me so far i could see it winning it i mean the academy awards are when in march right yeah but it's basically the year the january to january yeah but what of. people would have to remember Oppenheimer. Oh, i'm sure they'll remember it and this it would have to be still playing in theaters i would no think. no 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 nowadays Movies don't play in theaters for more than a couple of months nowadays. It isn't, you know, uh, across the Spider Verse. It's already on digital. It's coming to digital soon. Well, that 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 was and released a while ago. Only a couple months ago, in June. Really? Yeah. Nobody puts things in theaters for that long anymore. Mm. I still want to see it in seventy millimeter one more time. I just want to see that whole thing. Well. Know? Yeah, I wanted to, but now I'm not so sure if I want to now because <laughs> of those yeah. uh, objectionable scenes. Yeah, but, but um, it made you think at the end. Made you think, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a very, really it think. was a very good film. I'll, I'll give you that. It was a very good film, and, uh, and I feel that, um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, will definitely get nominated for supporting. I actor. think Killian Murphy will also get. If he doesn't get nominated for best supporting actor, he's been he'd, he would be have he would have been robbed. Yeah, I um, think Killian Murphy should get nominated Killian, for Killian Murphy best actor. should definitely be on the best actor nomination list. Yeah, uh, and um, I also liked Emily Blunt in this film too. She, she had a really cool role, but she had a small role. That's a thing. Supporting actor. Yeah, yeah. And yes. and but but she played the role so well. Yeah, as, yeah. As when she was on st- on on screen, yeah. she was amazing. Yeah, she Incredible. really was. As Oppenheimer's wife, I think it was. She played the role very well. You know, and she also kind of played to. Um, she kind of, the way how she was not not from a personality point of view. Yeah, but from a person kind of observing from outside you know like as the audience would yeah she didn't have um a pivotal role i don't feel in the movie in terms of where the story went right but she did play a very important role from the point of view of the outsider yeah because she saw the consequences of his work yeah. And she reacted the same way yeah. any person would who would have witnessed such a such an atrocity. Right. And knowing that her husband was, was the, the architect, architect behind it, yeah. 
I mean, she played that role so well. So oh, yeah. I, I think uh, she, it, it would be really tough to see her not being nominated, at least as a supporting actress. Oh, yeah, That's my opinion. My my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if she was. Yeah. So it was a very good film. I recommend it. Um, there, as I said, there are some objectionable scenes. It is rated R in the United States. It's rated 14A in Canada. Yeah. Don't watch uh, it with your kids. It's not a friendly. It's not a family friendly movie. Yeah. I don't know why you would even take your family to this movie. Yeah. It's not a family. <laughs> it's not friendly exactly. Movie. Doesn't in, exactly inspire happiness no anything uh but it does uh it is impressive and it's important yeah it's an important part of history yeah um as i said i'm not a historian so i don't know how close to history this was yeah but i do recall certain characters like downey's character louis strauss strauss i do remember that he was not a good guy yeah um and uh and they were playing him very differently in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which confused me. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any event, uh, I recommend it. And I'm sure y- you would recommend oh, it. Oh, yeah, 100%. There is something also that I saw recently that I want to share. Yeah. And that was a documentary I saw on Netflix on the James Webb Telescope. Right. Uh, the James, for those of you who do not know what the James Webb Telescope is... It is a telescope um, which was manufactured by over 10,000 scientists to launch. And the purpose of this telescope is to launch it into space one million miles from Earth. Okay. And the idea is to take real-time photos. Right. Um, of solar systems uh, and galaxies that were formed back in time. Okay. So there is a... uh, One of the very first pictures uh, that the James Webb Telescope took Mm -hmm. was that of an image that showed almost 8,000 galaxies. 8,000 galaxies. Mm-hmm. And um, you could tell by the uh, color pictures, color uh, images right. of what was being sent back to Earth. And it was just in one frame. It was like high definition? It was high definition, yep. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. You think that we are part of one galaxy, yeah. right? There were eight thousand, almost eight thousand galaxies in one image that this that this telescope took. Yeah. So who's to say that within those galaxies that there isn't any life? Well, not just life, but life sustaining for Earthlings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I'd be really hard. They 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 did talk about a a planet that actually has uh, carbon dioxide and okay. oxygen. Okay. So from that point of view, a human being could literally land on this planet and be able to breathe. Right. 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 Now I don't know if they could, if it's habitable, like in terms of 
who knows what other things are on this planet. Yeah. But in terms of the atmosphere, it has oxygen, carbon dioxide. So you could actually uh, breathe the air or whatever atmosphere is on this planet. Right, right, right. Um, you know what's interesting? Um, you don't Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson? Yeah, of course. The astrophysicist. So he was saying that, um, I forget where he said this. It was on Rogan or whatever. Uh, his episode on Rogan is actually pretty interesting. I recommend people go listen to it. Um, he was basically saying that, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, relocating the people of Earth onto a planet, right? Well, you, there are two most feasible options right now are Venus or Mars. Rule out Venus because it's super hot. You won't even be able to live there. And then there's Mars, right? And Mars has, like, the... Like, the good framework for a sustainable planet, right? But the only way we could really uh, sustain life for a prolonged period of time is if we start, like, bringing things over. Like, bringing over fresh water, bringing over soil, stuff like that. And then eventually, yeah, we would be able to make Mars a sustainable planet for people and things to live on. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to do all that on Mars, just do it on Earth. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? the, the idea is, is that the resources on Earth are depleting. Right, right, right. And but so yeah, I guess, I that's, guess. Why, that's why they're talking about, I mean, at least in, in terms of... It's like interstellar, like finding a new planet yeah. to potentially have life on. Live, yeah. But you know what is interesting? Maybe, can we just make our own aliens? In what way? Like, um... What do you mean, make our own aliens? Like, you know how in Interstellar they had all these embryos? Mm -hmm. And they kind of sent them off? Yeah, that Those were human embryos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't we just do that? We just put a bunch of human embryos on a planet that we think, okay, this looks and just, good. And, uh, and just let them... And just kind of just send them out. Yeah, and And just what? see what happens. <laughs> no? Well, I mean, not without an instruction manual. Say, hey, you guys were sent here by Earthlings on Earth. No, no, don't even say anything. Just oh. see what happens. You won't know what happens. You're not there. No, no, no. But, like, you're on a hidden camera there, too. Oh, yeah. It's like peekaboo. Yeah, you're exactly. On, you're on candid camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can figure out what's going on on, the, on those things. Yeah. I don't think that would work out very well. But that's not to say right. that... It can't be done. Yeah. Like, I'd like to see... I, w I would be very curious. Yeah. Like, the way how they sent the James Webb telescope out there, right? One million miles. Yeah. And you know what was interesting about this telescope? What was interesting? Is that there were over 360 single points of failure on this telescope. What does that mean? A single point of failure means that if any component or mechanism fails the entire mission is a bust on this 360 points of that where it could happen potential spots yeah so when they were deploying the james webb telescope there were certain points of single points of failure certain stages of single points of failure like when they were opening the the sun shield the sun shield, what the sun shield does is basically 
blocks out the sun's glare from the telescope so that when you see it into outer space, there's no light refraction. You know the way when you look at the stars in the city? It's yeah. It's different than when you look at stars in the country? Yeah. Because there's no light pollution? Yeah. Same deal. That's the whole idea of the l of the sun shield so that it shields the telescope the sun. The sun. From, uh, interesting, yeah. Yeah. And, and the way how... Then you get an actual proper image of what's, what's going on. Exactly. And now, although the image comes back in black and white, yeah, there there are scientists that actually determine what the colors are through pixelation. So the so the pixelation will indicate whether it's a certain color, and then they use that um, uh, contrasting tool, whatever it is, the paint contrasting tool. To actually use the proper color so that... They could fill in the gaps, kind of, just paint exactly, my numbers. Exactly, so that now you know what, actually, what it looks like. Interesting, interesting. Um, so, it is a fascinating documentary. Um, and I've always been a child of... Well, you're an adult I now. loved, I loved, as I'm saying, a child of someone who enjoys outer space. Right. And, and you know, the vastness of space... And the unknown of space has always fascinated me. Um, and so when I saw, well, saw this launch in the documentary or any launch for that matter, whether it's uh, one of the shuttle uh, launches in the past or, you know, the newer launches like SpaceX. Right. I've always been enthralled with it and the emotion that goes, that ties behind it. Yeah. And, and in the documentary where you see all these astrophysicists and scientists and astronomers yeah they're all working together for this one common goal and when the when the spaceship actually takes off you see the emotion um in in, in their faces and you uh, and you also see that these are scientists from all over the world that are watching this launch yeah and this also this was during the time of covid so this was, uh, the actual launch took place on December 25th, 2021. So during COVID and also... The tail end of COVID, but yeah. They worked through it during COVID. Yes. So they were working through COVID, right? Yeah. So to be able to do this during COVID times is a huge accomplishment. It really is because it kind of handcuffs you a little bit because you're doing a lot of these things remotely yeah. rather than being physically there. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so you are a bit at a disadvantage. But despite all these disadvantages and single points of failure, they somehow were able to launch it successfully. Right. And um, now after the launch was made, then there were stages like, two or three weeks down the road they had to, there was another stage where they had to deploy certain things and even during that time there were single points of failure that could happen right now the the thing is exactly well it's approximately one million miles away from earth and um it's fully deployed but now there are still 22 single points of failure so it went from three hundred over three hundred and sixty to twenty two so even while it's still out there, there are still twenty two single points of failure that can completely scrub the mission, so they just have to hope that none of those components fail like another meteor doesn't hit it 
Well, that, I mean, I don't think, uh, who knows, maybe they have contingencies. I don't know, but. How much do you think that cost? Oh, it was billions of dollars, billions. Like, like six billion? I, I, it was in the documentary, but I don't remember, but it was billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, interesting. Yeah. You know, have you heard this story? Um, it happened like years ago, like. What story are you talking about? Have I heard the story? In the 30s or 40s. Right? I'm just changing the topic. There's this guy. Does this have to do with space? No, no. It doesn't. Okay. It was interesting what you said. Well, mm-hmm. And yeah, what was the name of the documentary you said? Oh. And what's uh, it on? It's on Netflix. I already said that. Yeah. I think it's called The Unknown. Unknown, okay. Unknown. I think it's called that, but I don't remember exactly. Interesting. interesting. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. space is beautiful just do a search for james webb yeah just telescope. look at just, you can just lie down in a, like a light polluted like a light polluted free area and just look at the stars and just be fast like, looking at it for like hours and you can just see new things there is a um an obs an observatory yeah well, not an observatory but when we went to the science center ontario science center right um there is a attraction where right, right, right. you go inside the screen room and yeah. the screen is like a half sphere yeah and the where you're viewing the screen from you're basically laying down right. you're laying down right everyone it holds up for only 50 60 people and they're all laying down on the floor and they're all looking up because you can see, you know, the perspective of the light and the and the skies and and the stars and what happens when you leave the you know the leave the city and into the country. This is all real images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then you see you know what is out there from our point of view. Yeah. You see all these. Uh, star systems and planets and it's just an incredible thing so i used to go there almost annually since i was like six years old so from a very early age i've always been fascinated with outer space yeah and cool. uh yeah we so bought a star remember that yeah for your mother yeah we bought a star you remember that right uh, yeah we still have it yeah we still have the star yeah yeah it's, it's cool because it tells you when you can go out and see it too yeah yeah that's really cool yeah. Uh, anyway, so I was trying to say this 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 thing that happened mm-hmm. back in thirties, forties, and there was this guy who liked trains, right? And uh, he had stolen a train, right? He had like gone to the conductor's room, stolen the train, right? Mm-hmm. And because he doesn't obviously he doesn't know how to ride trains, he crashed it, and he managed to kill like twenty, thirty people. Because he like derailed the train completely. Where, where was this? Somewhere in the U.S. Oh, what a shame! So they tried him, put him on the death penalty, gave him the death penalty. Oh, so this was so he wasn't out of his mind. No, he just really wanted to do this, right? So it was really strange. This is a really weird story. So he uh was got offered a last meal. What would you like for your last meal? And he we just said, oh, just give me a banana. A singular banana. So they said, okay. Ate the banana, put him on the electric chair. 
press the switch, didn't work. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, in a the certain state where this happened, I forget where it was, um, if you are tr- given the death penalty and you, like, the instrument of whatever's supposed to kill you fails. If it kills a person, not kill, it kills me. Okay, you know what I mean. If it kill, the kills the person fails, mm-hmm. that person is actually free to go. Mm-hmm. So he was free to go after that, right? The guy does it again. He gets into a train, another train, derails it again, kills like another like handful of people. So they say, okay, now it's, uh, this is serious now. So death penalty again, right? Last meal, banana. He wants a banana. Flip the switch, doesn't die. So they're like, what the heck's going on with this guy? This makes no sense, right? So they have to let him go. They let him go. Does it again. Gets into a train. Crashes the train. Derails the train, right? And they're like, you know what? Now, like, no, we're going to make sure that you get this death penalty now. Give him, what's your last meal? He said banana. He said, you're not getting a banana. Something about you and these bananas. I don't know what it is. You're not dying for some reason. This time we want you dead. So they just gave him the standard steak and potatoes um, last meal. They give him his last meal. Strap him into a chair. They switch. They flip the switch. He doesn't die again. And they're like, what the heck? We can give you bananas nothing. And he said, oh, I'm just a bad conductor. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, the podcast. Let's let's move on. <laughs> okay. well, by the way, before we move on completely, this is not a joke. This is actually pretty cool. Have you heard about this? There, they actually um, in the U.S. There is a uh, hospital or university, I forget, mm-hmm. that have found have created this pill that actually kills cancer cells exclusively cancer cells but they've only tested this out on animals and it works and they're actually starting the human trials soon so like where's, the, where's the rim shot there no there's no rim shot that's not oh. a joke oh, i'm serious okay. oh that's happening oh, there are many many cancer nah. no but this is like the most promising thing that they've ever seen that a person can just take it orally and it kills the cancer cells. Well, you'd no have to be on a, you'd have to be on a prescription base. Yeah. But yeah, it exclusively kills cancer cells. It doesn't go after like your your normal body's cells, and yet you wouldn't need so chemotherapy. chemotherapy. You wouldn't need chemotherapy. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah, this is a little good news after all we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, nuclear bombs, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Cancer yeah. oh, might be gone. Yeah, yeah, that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. An exploration of space. Yes, exploration of space. That's not bad news. That's not bad news, but you know, people who have existential crisis. Yeah. You know. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So you're gonna talk to me about uh, mythical creatures. I'm gonna give you some mythical creatures. I want you to try describing what it looks like. Okay. And what they do. Okay. Chupacabra. 
Chupacabra. Wait, that you're just giving me the name of it. Yeah. So what do you Can think you, they look like? Oh, I have to think what it looks like. Yeah, what do you think it looks like? And uh, what do you think it does? <laughs> and if you want, I could tell you where it's from. Uh, well, yeah, tell me where it's from. A Latin America. Chupacabra. Yeah. It sounds Latin, like Chupacabra. Hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking it's probably... Yeah. Spain, Spanish. Spain, Spanish. I said Latin America. So, Latino? <laughs> yes. Okay, fine. But even Latino people, they speak Spanish. Are Spanish, are, are people from Spain Latin American? No, but, <laughs> but, 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 they, but they, speak, speak Spanish, they, speak, yeah. they speak a common language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not the same dialect, but basic language i think are mm. the same mm. um okay so what was, I, what was i lost my train of thought now what was it called again chupacabra chupacabra yeah i'm gonna say this is some some bull i want to think it's like a bull because you okay. know the running of the bulls okay yeah so i think that it's probably a bull and what it does is that it basically uh, gives people, somehow it gives people strength. When they see it in their mind's eye, it gives them strength because a bull is very strong. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I could be completely, I'm probably way off. but Yeah, you're way off. So what it is, <laughs> is it's like this black. Can I ask you something? Why are you... Quizzing me on it's not really a quiz. I'm just I'm just curious to see where your imagination goes. Okay. And how far it differs from reality. Reality based off the name. Okay. Uh a chupacabra is this black mammal. Mammal. So it's it like is an mammal. animal. Yeah, it's like so a okay, mammal. Okay, I wasn't that far you off. You said a bull. Listen. It's it's, it's still more an of like a scrawny cat looking thing. It's still an animal. So I was saying that it was an animal. They're all animals. Father, they're all animals. What? They're all animals. Everything I'm going to say is based off of an animal. You didn't or, or some or humanoid or animal or something like that. Mythical creatures do not necessarily have to be animals. Okay, give me, give me a mythical creature that's not an animal. Uh, that's not an animal? Yeah. Well, I mean... Or based off around well, any, an animal. Any mythological uh, character is... Not a character. That's not a creature. That's not a beast. Okay, okay, let me I'm get back to it. You're throwing me off. Okay. Well, no, but I mean, you want to debate me on mythological creatures. I'm not debating you. I'm telling you as it is. <laughs> okay. So this thing, basically, it has like a bat-like head. Oh, it's a bat head. A bat not head. A, not a bat man. Bat no, it's head. a bat head. Bat head. It has like kangaroo-like feet. Ooh. Well, maybe not kangaroo, but it's Big very feet. scrawny feet. Big feet. Scrawny and long feet. Big feet. And has this really jagged spine and what it does and people have reportedly seen it and many people think that to this day it still exists and it may still exist who knows mm. it's this uh nocturnal beast because it looks like a bat you like a bat that actually drains blood from livestock animals bats drain blood well no they don't bats actually suck blood no, vampire bats suck blood. And vampire bats don't exist. 
You know what? I completely disagree with you. Okay, disagree with me. That's fine. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm You're right. Totally wrong. But regardless, basically, I remember hearing about this. What makes it mythological? It's a mythical beast. What they don't makes know. it mythical? I'm asking you. Well, is it's, it because of the uh, way it's how it's from shaped? From common folklore, it's a folklore type thing, and it most it most likely doesn't exist, but it could exist. Who knows? It, it, it was interesting about it. I remember. I thought mythical means that it's fictitious. It doesn't necessarily have to be fictitious. Like Bigfoot is a mythical beast. Many people believe in Bigfoot. Yeah, but the rational human being will think that no, it doesn't exist. Oh, no, can I say something about Bigfoot? Okay, can I just say something about Bigfoot? The floor is yours. There are things that roam this earth, like moose. And giraffes. You're telling me a moose and a giraffe can exist. Mm-hmm. But a Bigfoot could not have existed like a few hundred years back? I don't know. But it's not like irrational. Maybe now. I don't think it exists now. But I'm sure hundreds of years ago it probably existed. You're saying a Yeti? Bigfoot? Yeah, like a big monkey that used to live in you know North America. Like how... Is that really that unbelievable? I saw this this um, this footage. Yeah, it went viral. I so I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, is picture of this bear. Yeah, and a bear. St- well, the idea was that this bear was standing up in a zoo. <laughs> that, that's a real bear, by the way. But uh, but yeah. they were sh- oh, so you know the video. I'm yeah, talking? I know what you're talking about. They're and like, is this a fake bear? What oh, is yeah, this? because Cause it looks because so wrinkly and kind of skinny. And, and they were showing that okay, this guy is. <laughs> Whoever is standing there, his hindquarters looks like he was wrinkled up. (laughs) He was wearing pant legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a real bear called, uh, I think it's called a sun bear. Sun bear. And they look like that. If you look up sun bears, they all look like like that bear. Oh, really? Yeah, I think most people just think of like a black bear. Mm -hmm. And they thought that guy was trying to be a black bear. But no, he's meant to be a sun bear. And sun bears have that, yeah. (laughs) That was funny. They have that physical feature about them? They look like they kind of walk like humans. Uh-huh. That's how they. <laughs> so okay, you're laughing, but but here's the thing, though. Yeah. So I'm tying this back to Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe there are creatures out there that look like human-esque, but are very hairy. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, but that's what Bigfoot is. Right. Yeah, but I'm just so saying, it's not that unbelievable that a hundred years ago I mean, I there was this big primate that used to live in the I woods. Don't, I don't think it's unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's I think it's quite believable. Yeah, but I'm saying, but it's still a mythical beast, right? Bigfoot, I don't think. Well, yeah. yeah. But anyways, I was trying to get back to the chupacabra. Yeah, you okay? already talked about no, it. No, no. I'm going to say more about it. Oh. There's basically many cases of, uh, actually documented cases, of farmers in Mexico mm-hmm. and in Latin America going to their farms mm-hmm. and seeing their livestock mm-hmm. completely drained of blood. Like Be- not a, Because of this. Well, they think it's because of this. Mm. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe it exists, maybe not. Mm. How vivid is your imagination? I mean, it can it can get pretty vivid. I got, I got, yeah. Okay, what's a tatsel worm? A a what? A tatsel worm. A tatsel worm? Yeah. Tatsel. Spell it. T a t z e l, w u r m. Oh. W U R M, not W O R M. Yep. Tatsil worm. Hmm. 
I would say it's a uh, Would you like to know where it's from? Like, sure. It's from Bavaria, Australia, and Switzerland. Oh. Yep. Okay, what were you saying? So, it's a European mythological creature, and it also comes from Australia. So Austria, s- Austria. Oh, I thought you said Australia. No, Austria. Bavaria? Austria, Switzerland. Oh, okay, Bavaria, Austria, Switzerland. So, I will say yep. that this is some slithery type of a creature. Okay. And uh, tatzel worm. I don't think this one is a dangerous one. Okay. I think it's a snake-like creature that uh, uh, hides various different um, precious stones. Interesting. Interesting. So it's like a slit. It's like a serpent. You're saying. It's like a serpent. Yeah. You know, I'm impressed. Yeah. Because it is a serpent. It is a serpent-like creature. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It is a serpent creature yeah. with a cat's head and a cat's, f- uh, like, front arms. Okay. And nobody knows what it does. they just seen it kind of just go zooing, like, flying around. And like, what the heck? And, you know, they don't know what it does. So it has wings. It's a mysterious thing. No, yeah. it just, just slithers like that. In the air. Well, just through the trees or whatever. I don't know. But, like, yeah, they've seen it, but they don't know what it does. It just appears sometimes and then it disappears. How, how large it, does it get? Oh, I don't know. I assume large. It's a serpent. I, I assume a serpent, in order to qualify to be a serpent, I, I assume that you'd have to be at least Give me 30 six. feet long. Well, I was going to say 6 feet, but you're saying 30 No, no, feet. 6 feet, you're just a snake. Yeah. You know what I mean? A serpent has to be long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was very impressed. Tats- able to Tatzel worm. Tatzel worm. Mm. Yeah. And it's from Europe. Oh, yeah. Interesting. What is a gorgon? Gorgon? A gorgon. Gorgon. Can you give me the origin? Greece. Uh, Greece. So it's Greek. Greek. So it's... Um, Shout out the Greeks. Shout yeah. out the Greeks. Hope everything is good all, all on Greaseland. Hope it's not too greasy out there. What, what was it called again? Oh, let me, let me just make sure I'm not, a gorgon. Gorgon. Yeah, what's a gorgon? Gorgon, gorgon, gorgon? Yeah. I would say that this Greek creature yeah. is like a, I don't want to say a squid. But yeah. almost like a dragon-esque type of a creature. Interesting. Where it's basically um, not necessarily breathing fire. Right. But its breath is so hot it can melt things. Interesting. Is that what you going to say it is? Yeah. It's actually, do you know Medusa? Medusa, yeah, with the snakes. She's a gorgon. Oh. Interesting, no? So it's a human being with snakes? That's what the Gorgon yeah, is? Yeah, she's like snake head. Oh. And their gaze can turn you into stone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's a Groot slang? I didn't know that the Medusa is Greek. Yeah. Oh, I thought that it was... Um, Medusa, of course, is Greek. 
You don't know Medusa's Greek? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know why I thought that. <clears throat> yeah. What's a Groot slang? Groot? Groot slang. I am Groot. Yeah, the slang Groot says. Yo, I'm Groot. Yeah, but it's called a Groot slang? Groot slang. So, if I take anything from the MCU, I would guess that it's like a tree. Okay, but don't take it from the MCU. Okay. There's your hint. Okay, so it's not like a tree. No, it's not like a tree. Uh, What's the origin? South Africa. Oh, South Africa. South Africa. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, mythological, mythological creatures from South Africa. Yep. Groot slang. Is that what, it, is that what you said? Groot slang. Groot slang. It's from South Africa. Hmm. I would guess that, that this Groot slang from South Africa is probably some kind of a creature in nature that's on, that's on all fours. Okay. It would be on all fours. Okay. And what it does is that it hops, not hops, it bur- buries itself underground. Okay. It goes through the ground. You're right. And what it does is that it sucks down. Jeez. It just goes up and just sucks things down with it. Oh, so like it, like it, like looks. like a, like a mean gopher. You no, know, it just goes through. Oh no! Just, you know, and just takes away plants oh, and vegetation, oh, dear. and causes all sorts of oh, grief. My. But it doesn't kill people. It oh, just okay. kills. It just kills, like, like crops, rabbits, rabbits, crops, and rodents. Oh, you're wrong. I'm probably completely wrong. Though. Uh, you were right. It was on four legs. Oh, okay. It is actually this elef- half elephant. Well, basically. 80% elephant, <laughs> and instead of its trunk, right, there's these tens of, like, little serpent-like trunks that it has. Ooh. Like, 20, 30 serpent-like trunks. 20, 30? Yeah, it's like... Oh, and it has four legs? Yeah, it's a, like an elephant. But 20, 30 serpent-like trunks? Yeah. And That's, basically what it does... dangerous. It guards a bottomless pit yeah. of jewels... And if you see it, and if you want jewels, you need to exchange some of your jewelry to go into this bottomless pit to get a jewel. So it's actually an intelligent beast. Wait, how do you go to a bottomless pit? A bottomless pit? You probably have a rope. And once you're done, you just go, get what if the bro- What if the bro- rope breaks? Then you're just falling. Oh, then you're falling. That's the risk. You're just falling. That's the risk. You're like Loki in Ragnarok when he just falls. Keeps falling, yeah. You know, I thought of I a have been falling pit. for 15 minutes. <laughs> remember? Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, Strange, I remember. He goes and goes yeah, I, and I know, I know. But you know what's interesting? I always thought of this as a kid. Mm. Could you drill? Okay, minus the heat. Take the heat away. Okay. So you drill a hole from like here, and then you just drill it into like. I don't know what, like, the complete opposite part of here is in the world. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, I don't know. Where would it be? I have no idea. Like, uh, India. I'll just say it's India. No idea. You just drill it. I'd have to look at a globe to understand it. Yeah, maybe. But just assume it's India. Okay. And we just drill a hole straight through the core of the earth. No. That opens up in India, right? Okay. And then you fall down. If you jump into this hole. Would you just be going this way, and then you'd get trapped in the gravity, and you go swing back that way, and then swing back that way, and would that be a bottomless pit because you're just swinging back and forth? 
I don't think you'd be swinging back and forth. I don't think gravity has anything to do with it. What do you mean it has nothing to do with it? No, I mean, just because that you're going down, yeah, you're going to go down one way. What the way how it will, what the influence it would probably be, yeah, I would guess, would yeah. be the, the rotation of the earth. The rotation of the earth would have a big play in terms of what direction you'd be actually falling. Not necessarily gravity. Although gravity, although gravity is a constant, as we learned in Interstellar, right? Yes, it is. And so is love. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. What is? Yeah. A puckwaji. A puckwa? A puckwaji. Spell it. P-U-K-W-D. Sorry, W-U-D. Okay, okay. Start over again. P U. K. Okay. W U. You're overmodulating. modulating Okay, can you listen? P U K P U P U K Puck W U Puck Woo Puck Woo D G Puck Woo D G I E Puck You. Puck you. Puck you. Puck woo. Puck woo. Puck you. <laughs> That's what we're calling this podcast. Yeah. Puck you. No, puck woo. Puck you. Okay. Go w- puck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the podcast this is getting a bit out of hand. Puck woo. Puck woo. What G? Puck woo. With G. Puck. Puck woo G. Puck. I don't know. How do you say it? Puck woo G. Yeah. So what is that, Japanese? No, it's actually native to northeastern United States. Good heavens, I would never have guessed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it is a indigenous? I don't know. I think it actually is, yeah. Because it's from the Ojibwe and the Wampanoag folklore. So shout out them. Shout out, shout out those people. I'm not going to repeat it because I think I butchered it. I apologize if I said it wrong. But a shout out y'all. So it's Pakwuji. Pakwuji. This is the last one, by the way. Okay. Pakwuji, uh, if it's Native American or um, indigenous, yeah. I would guess that it would have to be something like um, like a wolf or um, maybe a deer or an antelope, something okay. like that. Okay. Something with, again, all fours. Okay. And... Um, it sounds very Pukwuji. It sounds very uh, um, kind of like in the wind. I don't know. Oh, wow. wow. Oh. What was that for? You know, I would say this is the sound a Pukwuji would make. Based on how it looks. Use that as you would. As you will. So this sounds like a small, annoying little creature. Mm-hmm. That gets under my skin. Yeah. And acts as an annoyance. <laughs> You're actually like spot on so far about what this is supposed to do. Really? Like you actually just nailed what he's supposed to do. <laughs> so it's an annoyance. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's an irritant. Yes. Okay. This thing is supposed to be an irritating creature. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like a 
Like a insect? Mm, no. No. But I'll give you one more guess, and then I'll tell you what it is. Okay. I'll say it's like uh, an irritant, uh, like maybe a, like a, I, I won't say a pest, but yeah, but like a rodent esque type of a creature. Rodent esque type of creature. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't think you're too off. No. Not too off. Yeah, I'd it, say you're I about ten percent correct. Hairy, hairy. No, well, I'll tell you what it is. Okay, it's about two, three feet tall. Okay, it's like this. Uh, so not kind of tall. like this humanish goblin, humanoid type porcupine. Ooh, yeah. Type porcupine. Yeah, it's a bunch of like needles coming so out like of it. Like a rodent. Yeah. So that's what I said. You're like ten percent right. Yeah. And he's like a humanoid, and he has an ugly face. Mm. Two, three feet tall. Okay. And if you get on its bad side, yeah. it'll follow you around and just, like, annoy you and stuff. And when you try to catch him, he'll, like, disappear. What does this have to do with the chip? What was it? Puck? 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 He's a puckwoodgy. Oh, puckwoodgy. Yeah, yeah. It'll just cause you annoyances and bad luck and stuff like that. Oh. And he's like so the that's great not a gazoo. Hmm? He's like a bad great gazoo. Oh, so you ask for wishes? No, he's like a bad great gazoo. That means he causes you misfortune. Oh. And does you bad, and oh. annoys you. The great gazoo, for those who do not know, is a cartoon from the Flintstones. And the kazoo was an alien that was banished from some pl- Melmac, I think. Who knows? I want to say Melmac. Oh, no, that's Alf. <laughs> As I'm getting my getting my aliens mixed up. Yeah, a lot of aliens uh, out there. Zortex? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> it's too long ago. I miss the Flintstones, by the way. Anyway, so um, so the Great Kazoo was one of those, uh, those uh, aliens. So you're equating that to the Great Kazoo? Yeah, because it causes misfortunes. It kind of disappears. Oh, I see. It, it causes you annoyance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how it is. Okay, well, I think that this was a fun chat. Uh, I don't think I got anything right. No, not even close, but... No, no, you did. Did I? The serpent. Oh, the serpent, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we really spent most of the time talking about real things. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of mythical things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think still, I think still, though, we talked about things that we enjoy and we had a lot of fun about. I mean, we talked about Oppenheimer and uh, space and... And of course, this uh, mythical uh, creature thing um, that I mean, I had fun trying to answer. Yeah. I mean, I had to really think about things. Yeah, yeah. Kind of get my get my mythical creature hat on. Yeah, yeah. See if well, I, I, I applaud you for your performance. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's not hard to be creative. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, no, it is hard. It's not. It's not easy being trying to. It's not easy being green. It's definitely not easy being green. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Puck you. <laughs>